Hi, I'm K.S. Garner, and you're listening to the Solo Nerdbird Podcast. Today, I'm joined by one of the contributing editors of the anthology Xeno Cultivars, Stories of Queer Growth, currently on Kickstarter, Isabella Oliveira. Welcome, Isabella. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Well, thank you for joining me. Uh, Outside of my introduction, who is Isabella and what are you about? (laughs) Um... I am a geek. I craft a lot. I used to do roller derby. <laughs> I um, I read a lot of fanfic. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm an editor uh, for my day job as well, um, but a very different kind of editing. And I'm, I'm queer, so, <laughs> which makes sense with this anthology. Uh-huh. Um, what is Xeno Cultivar's stories of queer growth about? Uh, so we wanted to continue the vein of stories that we started in our first anthology about positive uh, affirming queer literature because there's really not a whole lot out there. A lot of queer lit tends to be depressing or dark. Mm-hmm. Um, and the world is dark enough right now. We want to do something a little bit brighter. And uh, my con- my contributing, my co-editor, Jed, uh, they, they and I uh, both noticed that queer people love plants (laughs) and we noticed we noticed a lot of stories that had um plants and growing things uh in our last round of submissions for our last uh anthology so we thought why not make a whole anthology based around that okay um well, you already kind of answered this question. I was going to ask if you could explain the creative process from a thought or an idea in your head to executing it. So, um, so yeah, you just explained how queer people like plants and creating an anthology around that. So could you explain, I guess, mm-hmm. executing the anthology, um, this one and your previous one? Yeah, so it all started uh, last, late last summer or so. Uh, Jed approached me about coming on to this idea that they'd had about putting a book together because they're also a writer. I'm, I'm not really a writer. I'm strictly an editor. Mm-hmm. Um, but they knew I had skills that complemented theirs. So we started talking about it. And in, I want to say, uh, it was mid-October, so we we decided to launch the anthology on Kickstarter. And it was really important to us to have a physical book. So um, that, that some people might think our goal is a little high, but we really wanted to be able to pay our contributors uh, fairly um, and our artists fairly. Mm-hmm. So that was a goal from the very beginning. Um, and so there were, there were a few months of a lot of planning, putting together a budget, figuring out what we were looking for, how we were gonna look at submissions. 
and how we were going to like get the word out there to people since we were basically starting from scratch. It was a brand new business. Mm-hmm. And then once the Kickstarter launched, we basically from the ground up built up uh, the social media following uh, that we have now, which has been amazing so far. We're in the like last, literal last day of our current Kickstarter. <laughs> and uh, a lot of people have been sharing it and that helps an mm-hmm. unbelievable amount because it's been pretty much word of mouth starting with who Jed and I know from the very beginning. Mm-hmm. Uh, how important was having queer stories written by queer people portrayed in a light outside of uh, sex and conflict? Uh, well, for one, I'm, I'm on the ace spectrum. Mm-hmm. So I wanted a little bit of that represented as well. And um, I have had trouble reading in the past couple of years because I don't really find stories that represent what I want to see out Mm -hmm. there, especially stories that kind of span the breadth of my multiple marginalized identities, as I can say, Um, because I'm also a person of color and I'm an immigrant and uh what else (laughs) I lose track sometimes um Judd and I joke that between the two of us we got we got a lot covered um so we wanted we wanted to make stories that uh represented us Mm -hmm. um and I did want to say that while we focus on queer stories we're not limiting to people who are out as queer or who currently identify as queer because we think that kind of gatekeeping is also um can be a bit detrimental Mm -hmm. um we wanted people to be able to tell the stories that they needed to tell so how was the journey for um you and jed uh, finding collaborators or other, I guess, writers to submit their work for the anthology? Uh, I gotta say, this is uh, Jed's uh, strong suit because they are very dialed in to the, to like the speculative fiction community and short story community. Um, they did a lot of research and did a lot of, um, I don't know if we're currently still using Submission Grinder, but they they got on some forums and talked to a lot of people and just, it was a lot of cold emailing to uh, big writers to be like, hey, here's our little tiny project. Do you think maybe you could contribute something to it? <laughs> and actually some pretty big authors uh, said yes. And that kind of helped get us off up off the ground um, because their their reach kind of helped extend our reach and we're eternally grateful for that but we're also very grateful for our smaller like we have some much smaller and less well-known authors in our anthologies as well um but yeah just 
and and people in the writing community are very willing to share things with their communities that people might be interested in because that's that's just how you find things these days because there's just so much out there mm -hmm. all right what insight would you give to up-and-coming artists or like writers maybe even editors that you wish someone would have told you when you first started don't wait until you feel like you're good enough to start putting mm -hmm. your stuff out there um i do a tiny bit of voice work on the side and i just started submitting stuff um i have been well, i've been editing for probably like 10 years now since i was in college um but i <laughs> i also like the the literary journal that i helped put together in college i kind of shudder at some of <laughs> at how little i didn't know back then but we still like sometimes the only way that you can get better is by doing and mm -hmm. so you just have to put yourself out there and people are very uh graceful um with people who are just starting out too everyone wants mm -hmm. to help people and help them grow okay um well the last time i checked um xeno cultivars is like less than three thousand from its goal like how, how does that feel like is this your <laughs> is this your first well no the last we, anthology was on kickstarter right yes, yes. also yeah so it's not your first one but how, how does it how does it feel it's like right there like this, this is like the last push <laughs> i gotta say the last couple of days have been very stressful <laughs> <laughs> um it's hard to like tear myself away from just refreshing the page over and over and like trying yeah. to find more people and messaging people um it feels very good because i think i feel like now like in these last like 24 hours i finally feel like we've gotten there because mm -hmm. we have raised probably four and a half grand in just the last day um oh, wow. and before that it was looking we were only like a third or two-thirds uh well actually about like 70 percent funded and that was stressing you because 30 percent left to go in two days is a lot yes yeah, a lot well i asked that question because as artists we expect criticism or a minimum to no attention to our work um, mm -hmm. When you receive praise for any of your work or contribution to a project, do you believe it when you hear it? Like, how do you will yourself into accepting that praise as real, that your work and talents are valid? I just keep looking at it <laughs> until I believe it. Um, my, uh, a friend of mine, um, we just sent out our we just sent out to our kickstarter uh backers for the last anthology we sent out uh the ebooks e and a friend of mine messaged me in like five minutes saying that she was like practically in tears reading the introduction and that that is why i i do this and it made me happy even though sometimes i don't <laughs> like after all the work that we've put into it like I didn't think 
we were looking at quite so much work when we started this project, but getting, hearing things like that and seeing people, you know, get excited about the cover art and about the sneak peeks of the stories that we're sharing, it really like gets me excited too. And that's just how I keep going. Mm -hmm. Um, my last question for you is what is your idea of success? And I ask that because if you're not making money or have regular paychecks, like a full-time job, you're not successful. That's what a lot of us are like led to believe. So we put our dreams on the back burner or we give up altogether. Mm -hmm. Um, we may be hesitant or doubtful about pursuing this career path because it's highly competitive and highly intimidating. Mm -hmm. So like, I guess in your, in your mind and in from your experience and what you've accomplished and what you may not have accomplished or even attempted yet, like what is your idea of success? I, it, for me, I think it truly boils down into being happy about what you're doing. Like I, <laughs> I've had jobs where I was really unhappy before and being mm -hmm. able to work on something that I actually believe in is a total 180 from that kind of work. So I think, I think if you're happy with the work that you're doing, you're success, you're successful. I don't, I don't think you can put like a number on it or like an Instagram following number on it. Mm -hmm. It, it really is something that you have to find for yourself and it in the end of the day I'm I'm really proud of the work that we've done so I think we've been really successful okay um well is there anything else you wanted to discuss or push about the anthology we didn't touch on maybe the um, rewards for backers uh yeah there is actually uh before I forget there is we are doing a little giveaway uh, on our social media, uh, starting at 8 a.m. Uh, Tuesday, July 6th, so the day the Kickstarter ends, uh, and that's 8 a.m. Pacific, so that is 11 a.m. Eastern, I believe. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I'm going to say that you'll have to check in then because we may still change <laughs> our minds about what that will be but it will be related to the anthologies um and as for the rewards uh the the ebook reward is just ten dollars um and with that you get the option to have your name listed in the book forever. <laughs> um, and there is also the $25 reward for a physical book. And with that, you also get the ebook um, and the back of credit. So, and there are a few, a few of our authors offered story critiques, uh, PH Lee and uh, Boogie Tax, I think. <laughs> I don't know how to pronounce uh, that, but um, I'm so sorry, Bobby. Uh, and 
Let's see. Oh, and you can also, if you missed uh, our last anthology, you can add on a copy of uh, It Gets Even Better to your pledge, mm -hmm. which is great. We are just about to print that edition. Like it's literally at the printers right now. Um, yeah, and, and also the one that I really love is you can buy a copy of Xena Cultivars for us to donate to a library, an outreach group, or other queer community organization. So other people can also have a chance to read it. Oh yeah, that's that's great. Um, all right, well, thank you again to Isabella Oliveira, one of the contributing editors for Xeno Cultivars Stories of Queer Growth Anthology currently on Kickstarter. I highly encourage our listeners to back this project if they can. Also to follow along on the project's various social media channels listed alongside the Kickstarter link in this episode's details. Again, I'm K.S. Garner, and you've been listening to the Solo Nerdbird Podcast. Thank you.